Did you miss us? Because we missed you. So good to be here. So good. So, 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 so good. So good. I'm feeling like an... Like an... My heart is like an RPG, you know? He's like going to the... To the atmosphere and like, woo! You know that's not what RPGs do at all? Did you know that the Yemenites started the first space war of human history? Space war? Yeah, when they fired that crazy missile at a lot, mm-hmm. our southernmost city on the Red Sea. Yeah, it's the, it's the first missile that I guess went into space. So the Yemenites started the first space war when they fired that missile at us. We are just... At the edge of history right now. It's just like we're making history all the time. Everything is just new, 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 new. Next thing you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is like, go and take a part in this war. Oh, you didn't hear about the conspiracy theories that we're, the Jews created Star Wars because we were foreshad... Like, we're like creating a distraction ploy because we're actually like... The Jedis or Darth Vader. That was like in the first week a friend sent me uh, a thread from Reddit linking us to Star Wars and this whole thing. And yet another brilliant conspiracy theory. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you indeed. Hi, welcome to October 7th. Emotionally raw coverage from Door Comet and me, Amy Sapan. Today's Sunday, November 12th, 13th. What day is it today? 12th. 12th. Oh, fantastic. It's around four o'clock in the afternoon coming to you from Tel Aviv. Uh, We had an episode lined up about what we were going to talk about today, but things are moving so fast. It's like I can hardly catch my breath. So on a personal front, today I moved back into my apartment. I haven't been at home since the morning of October 7th, except for here and there to grab a few things. It's really strange. There's also Hezbollah fired into some towns in the north. There are six people in critical condition in the hospital right now. Uh, Some of the people that are in the hospital and that were injured by the missile were just employees of the electricity company that had gone to fix some of the power lines that were damaged on the Northern front with the ongoing war on that end. Um, Personally, I'm feeling really off today. I'm just going to be honest about that. I mean, this is emotionally raw coverage. You're not really coming here just for the news, right? Today, I feel like a tiny, like I'm on a tiny little island and surrounded by lots of aggressors, aggressors in my, my hometown of New York, aggressors in another hometown of mine in South Florida, aggressors that I went to college with, law school with, people that used to be my friends, people here that are, you know, making us out to be as if we're like the proud boys on the international stage and have no concept of the fact that their extremely nationalistic right-wing stuff is just damaging, you know, how we look abroad and, and putting Jewish lives at risks. I feel 
really forsaken by Meta. I, I got three more responses today to comments and accounts that I had flagged for blatantly hateful speech, bullying and intimidation. I haven't gotten one response from Meta in an entire, thir- what, we're on day 37? I haven't gotten one message back from Meta yet telling me, oh, we removed the comments. Every single comment or account that I've flagged, I've gotten back the same response. Thanks for reaching out. We didn't remove the comment, but we're here to help. How exactly? Unclear. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated by the story that came out last week about the photojournalists, quote unquote, calling them photojournalists seems a little bit like a stretch, but the people that were riding along with the terrorists that broke in on October 7th, I mean, last week the story came out that until 4 a.m. on October 7th, only three to five people in the world or something knew about what was about to happen. The terrorists showed up for morning training and then the commanders told them to go pray at the mosque if they hadn't already. And according to, and this isn't just like Israeli media reporting it, this is also in the Guardian. They told them, go to the mosque and pray if you haven't done that yet. And then everyone gets to the mosque and they divide them into three groups as if they're playing like dodgeball on the schoolyard. They're like, group number one, you're going to kill and rape and maim as many people as possible. Group number two, you're going to bring back kidnapped people. And group number three, you're going to be, you're going to play defense. You're going to shoot anyone that tries to like get through our front or whatever. Three teams at six, six thirty in the morning, whenever that, ha- I guess it was before a quarter to six. I don't know. They bulldoze through the perimeter and magically these photojournalists are just with them to ride along. And over the weekend, I tried to watch as much coverage on this story as I could. And I also posted about it in my stories. And I got a few messages from people in the States, um, people who have brains. And they were like, well, isn't this kind of like Vietnam war reporting? Or isn't this like, how can you be mad at those photojournalists for not stopping the terrorists that they came in with? And I have a few things to say about that. It's not like Vietnam War at all. It would be like a bunch of people meeting up with the hijackers of the plane on 9-11 and just like, I don't know, taking really great footage of them in the morning before they hijacked those planes, you know, like seeing what they ate for breakfast, maybe getting a coffee with them, anything for, you know, the documentary film coverage. And then, you know, maybe shooting, shooting coverage of them, footage of them as they're like walking into the airport before they hijack the plane. I think it's closer to that scenario. I also spent part of the weekend, like looking at what are journalistic ethics, you know, because it doesn't even stop here. I'm, I'm, you know, you put on Piers Morgan or you put on CNN and over and over and over again, you basically see these Hamas sympathizers on the air and then on a panel with just like someone reasonable on the other side. And instead of having real conversations every single day, just feels like the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, where, you know, international news media is like bringing on these people to just talk, to just talk and talk and talk and exhausting everyone and making it seem like these are reasonable arguments. And I thought about it a lot. 
I was like, you know, what if CNN and Piers Morgan had had shows during the 1940s? Would they have invited Hitler and Goebbels onto the air? And today, in my heart, I think I know the answer. They would have invited Hitler. They would have invited Goebbels. They would have invited brown shirts. And they would have had these like kind of showdown panels on the air. Big. 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 What if there was social media during 9-11? What do you think it would have been like, Dor? I don't know, but I can give you my perspective about Israeli news. Tell us. Israeli news is basically to watch like 500 days with summer. The anchor men and women, they are like so good looking. Danny Kushmar, Yonit like, Levy. <sighs> and I, and, it's and not your just favorite. Amalia Dueck. Every one of them look like a scene from a movie of uh, uh, Ryan Gosling in the beginning of his career. Everything is like, they're too pretty and uh, there's dissonance between like they tell you, oh, all the Arab country around you, oh, they send a drone, oh, they send a missile, oh, now 3,000 um, terrorists is in your country. Are you saying you want bad news from bad looking people? I guess there is, uh, no, oh, maybe, no, I just want it not to be it does feel surreal. Did you see it's that? It's surreal. And, and sorry, sorry, but you know, there is the woke era is gone. But I... It's go, not though. It's not I, done I, yet. I went to the, the Instagram pages of all the like, my new heroes. And yeah, when you see your anchor with bathing suit or drinking a Perol Spritz on, on your Instagram, if you want to have some um, nice, uh, like trashy series from Netflix... You can just watch Israeli news. It will be the same. There was some really good stuff on the weekend news. Did you see Donny Kushmaro in Gaza, the footage? I saw. Wow. Really incredible. I think he will go the to... He, politics. He, he, yeah, he'll go He's to... definitely going into politics after this. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I loved the coverage. They did like a 20-minute special that aired on Friday. I watched it last night and you see him, he's in a school and then he exits a classroom. He doesn't even walk like five steps. And then he's in a munitions warehouse where people are creating bombs and rockets, like literally on the school grounds. Today, I saw something from Times of Israel where they gave Times of Israel access, like through IDF, a children's bedroom in Gaza with a tunnel underneath where the kid's bed was, like an entrance to a tunnel. Um, really wild coverage is coming out now that the humanitarian corridors opened because, you know, the IDF had to surround the Northern part to secure a corridor. I don't even know. Everyone keeps like giving a shit. I've never seen anything like this where you have like an IDF tank accompanying Palestinians to get them to safety. A story just dropped within the last few hours where someone from an, like a Gazan said that the IDF was on the phone with him like for hours and they saved civilians together. They were like helping him figure out where to find civilians from 22 buildings 
because they were going to target those buildings and every single person got out safely. Like I have chills even talking about this, the, the lengths that we're going through. There was Hezbollah um, news media down there and they interviewed a girl. This came out on, on Instagram yesterday. They were interviewing a, a Gazan girl around eight or nine years old. And they were just like, what do you have to say to all the people like that are part of the Palestinian resistance and protesting abroad and, you know, protesting on your behalf and leadership. And she's like, you guys are killing us. Like our leadership is killing us. They're hiding in tunnels and hospitals and schools. You're killing us. And then, you know, you, the, the interview just cuts out. Like they weren't expecting this eight or nine year old girl to basically be like, fuck you. Like all of you people that are like, think you're saving our lives and protesting abroad. And like, you're, you're basically helping Hamas kill us. Like, thanks a lot, but no thanks. There was also the interview with some of the Israeli children who survived from one of the kibbutzim that was taken over on October 7th, which I saw that was aired on Friday night. I, I was playing a little bit of media catch up today. Um, you know, you're seeing these kids that are between the ages of like seven and 12 years old and they're completely like they've matured at least a decade. One of the kids says he's been to 40 funerals this month. And the interview starts with them asking one of the girls who doesn't look like she's older than seven years old. And like, how are you doing? And she's like, I'm not good. I'm not good at all. One of the kids says she doesn't want to go back to the kibbutz until the hostages are freed. Again, I'm having, I'm, I'm struggling a bit today. I found myself listening to, you know, Beck's album, Sea Change. Sure. I listened to it like two times in a row today. And then there's that song, Sunday Sun, which I love. And I listened to it like maybe 10 times in a row, full volume. You know, I just come back to my house and I had cleaned up at my friend's house. Thank you, Bar and Ariel for letting me stay there for the past few weeks. And yeah, I know them. Oh, their bar is a good friend. Ariel, she's a good friend. Wow. I, if I understand, like the curly hair girl. Yeah, and their daughter. Okay, well, we don't want to give too many details about this. Uh, okay, film. anyway. So I was staying there for the past few weeks. Seriously? Yeah. Isn't it such a Say small you know. world? I, I will. Well, and they're coming back today. Maybe we can go have coffee with them. <laughs> So maybe we should explain where we were this past week, or do you think it's not time yet? Mm -hmm. I know some of you guys were worried and we're really grateful for your concern. We spent last week doing a bunch of stuff, infrastructure work, because we felt like, wow, we were recording at a breakneck pace and we wanted to just kind of assess what have we done so far? We dropped episode 21, which if you haven't heard it yet, I'm so proud of what we did there. Me too. I mean, it took us a lot of time. It did. We really worked on it. I mean, it seems effortless because, Dor, you are one talented editor. Enough. Keep going. Enough. Keep going. Extremely talented. I love what you did there. If you think episode 21 is just like our greatest hits, it's a little bit. It's a little bit more advanced than that. It was it was a new creation, really. And it was 
really a thrill to re-listen to episodes one through 20. I've never heard myself talk so much. I, I really had to <laughs> get okay with that somehow. And we also wanted to take a, a pause to think about where we want to go next, how we want to navigate these next few weeks. I mean, of course, we can't really plan ahead today like Hezbollah with that. I, we don't really know. We were just talking. We don't even know what this week is going to look like, but we're really eager to hit the road. We want to go down to the area surrounding the Gaza Strip where a lot of people have been volunteering on farms and already working to kind of like rebuild. Um, a lot of Israeli agriculture is down there. And we'd also like to go to the north and central Israel and kind of take this show to another level. So what did we do last week? We created episode 21. We have a new Instagram accounts, October 7, the podcast, please join us there. Um, we have a Patreon account with four tiers of possible membership for all of you who are like, I would love more door, more Amy and more emotionally raw coverage. Then our Patreon is definitely a place that you should check out. And I feel like we did more stuff too. Didn't we do more stuff? I post on Facebook and I told my family that everything I speak about drugs is just fake news, okay? Everything you heard in the last 20 episodes, it didn't happen. I hope my mother didn't saw the, this post. And uh, what else we did? Even though it's, okay, it's, it's not really easy for me to ask for help. It's one of those things that I'm trying to get better at as like a human. Everyone's on their journey. But here we are, we're asking for help, your help. If you like the show, and you haven't already, please rate it. Please share it with people. Please consider subscribing over at our Patreon and send it. Send it to people who you think um, this could be of interest to. The past few days, I had a few more calls with some friends back in the States, and they told me that they've been sending it out to some people who have been feeling really isolated out on the West Coast or like they're pulling their hair or maybe that are kind of in the middle and don't really know what's going on and wanted to like hear a little bit more. I spent Friday night, I hooked up the projector and I just, this is so nerdy, but whatever. I was like, I just wanted to spend Friday night watching interviews on international media about this place. So I think I watched like four hours straight of like, Douglas Murray on Piers Morgan and blah, blah, blah. And I listened to the Sam Harris podcast, which are fantastic. And they're all doing such a good job. And then there's like Instagram and then there's stuff on Facebook. And there's like lots of different, like one minute memes here and one and a half minute reels there. But I don't feel like there's anything like us out there. And that's what some people have been telling us as well, that it's really helping them. It's, it's like, there's suddenly a voice breaking through all the text and all of the like seriousness and gravity or all of the talking show points where people are just like, so dead bent on getting their message out that they're using really sinister 
dark psychological warfare type tricks to like win the debates. And it's become this like kind of spin war factory. And I really believe in this show. I've said it before on one of the episodes and it's important. And I think it bears repeating. I, I'm so proud of what we're doing here, Dor. It's one of the best things I've ever been part of. And I'm really grateful to you again for saying on October 7th, like, let's, let's start recording this conversation. Like let's, let's start recording what we're talking about. And maybe one day we'll like look back at it and it'll help us make sense of this period. And I missed recording with you last week, man. I really did. So I'm, I'm excited that we're back here today, but I also feel like, oh my God, I haven't ridden a bike in a few weeks and I'm, I feel a little rusty, but here we are, you know. Well, I miss you too. And it's nice to hear what you say. One week b- without speaking English, I'm feeling like 10 years old again, really struggling here to just to have the confidence to speak and to say things. I'm feeling like 20% of myself. If one of you is speaking Hebrew, please meet me one day. And, and I'm a really different person when I have all the vocabulary. I can express my emotion and my hardcore thoughts about the world. What I want to say to you is, yeah, I think we do, we did, we have been doing, we have been doing something really good. Uh, I'm really proud of it. But sadly, like I'm, um, I'm a pessimistic. I'm really pessimistic about Israel, about things will be better, about like, there will be like a good government and there will be like a solution or peace and about love also. This is another episode we can, I can share with you like uh, stories from uh, dates I have and you will have the, your... Uh, it's interesting that you brought up like love life because I was thinking about like honesty and like honest coverage the other day. And then I remembered this, like I had a flashback of this dude I was dating earlier this year who was such a dick. Ugh. And he would like, when we started dating, he's like, I just really want to be honest with you. And I was thinking about how like cringe that is. Like when a guy is just like, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I just want to be honest. And it was just like honest coverage, honest, this honest, that. So it's funny that you bring up love life stuff because I was thinking about like the whole like Israel, like the photojournalist thing, the whole like mess. And then I had this flashback of that dude. And I was just like, so they are, they are more connected than maybe you think. When a guy tells you, he wants to be honest. It means not honest. Yeah. And when a girl tell you she have a birthday for her friend, it means she'll lie. She just don't want to come to the date. Did that happen now? Anyway, come back to the pessimism. Pessimism? Yes. Pessimist? Well, how could you not be pessimistic? Today they found that Herzog, President Herzog showed a picture of a copy of Mein Kampf by Hitler translated into... Arabic that they found not only like a copy, just, you know, whatever a copy found in one of the like schools or whatever, but it's like highlighted with like post-its, like motherfuckers were studying this shit. They were like, it wasn't like casually there. Like nobody read it. Like people were like reading it, posting it, like orange highlighter, I think was the color used, not even yellow, you know, that's like deep, deep highlighting. Right. So wow. how could you not be that. pessimistic? 
But I want to say that I'm sorry, but I'm a bit pessimistic about this project. Sorry to be, I'm a guy, but sorry to be honest. Uh, why I'm pessimist? Because I think I'm afraid it will stay like, sorry for the tip to film. It's a fucking street cleaners again. I've never seen so much street cleaning as I have over this past month. Anyway, I want to finish my <laughs> sentence. What it was, ah, I'm a pessimistic. Why I'm pessimistic? Because I'm afraid it will stay like indie. Yeah. You, you want to go mainstream? Yeah, I don't want to be pixies in the, in the 90s, you know, that just like few people thought it's cool. But wasn't that when they came out 20, with Surfer Rosa, which was the, one of their best albums? Yeah, and tw- and 20 years later, that was like the biggest thing ever. But yeah, I want to make a living. I want to... Are you worried about the... Fin- I, I get yeah, it. If I, yeah, I, I work with Tel Aviv Municipality. They call me today and they say like, hey man, we're canceling every single project you've you've been like because we need money for i don't know like the wall they told me that the wall cost tel aviv six million shekel for a day for hosting and whatever you know and yeah i'm privileged i have money i will stay in this apartment yeah it'll all be all right my parents will keep paying on my uh, uh, dental uh, care. It's going to be all right. I will not be hungry, but it seems like I need to find another way to provide myself, which is not podcasting. Uh, this is the kind of honesty I'm into, not his version of honesty, which was crap. But it's super important that you're bringing this up. Like I, I'm close to being done with two projects. I'm freelance and two projects that I was working on before this started. And then, you know, we rallied after the first few weeks and we got back into it. Those are winding down this week. Tel Aviv, for anyone that doesn't know about Israel, it's like, this is our main hub of the country in terms of like cultural content, outward facing content. Yes, there's Jerusalem. I wish you could see my eyes fluttering right now. It's like a different universe out there. Haifa's cute, but like Tel Aviv is really, it's the seat, it's the cradle of this country in terms of like nightlife, culture, all that stuff. And it's ground to a halt. And I'm worried. I'm worried about how this economy is going to keep going. I'm, I'm truly worried about it. Like as a corporate lawyer also, I'm, and as someone who 2008, the economic crisis out there, personally, like really changed the trajectory of my life. And my parents were also super impacted by the complete shit that was the Israeli economy in the 1970s. I'm really worried about the health of the local economy, all the local businesses in Tel Aviv, from, you know, the tattoo parlors to the bars, to the coffee shops, the bakeries, the pizzerias, the restaurants. I mean, we, we went through Corona not that long ago, a lot of restaurants closed down. And now if, if we can't, it might sound ridiculous to be talking about something like the economy at a time of war, but I don't think it's that ridiculous because if the Tel Aviv local economy doesn't survive, I'm going to say this. It's like, people are telling me that they feel really selfish right now even posting like advertisements for their businesses. And they've been like volunteering around the clock. All of us have. 
and they feel selfish doing it. And I've, I've talked to some of them and I'm like, you have a family, you have to put a roof over their head. You have to put like food on the table. There's nothing selfish about that. And there's nothing selfish about having a business that works in symbiosis with the wider community. And just like I've said to the former chairwoman of like merits, which is this like left Israeli leftist party. Like if you want a strong table, it needs to not only rest on like political security and security, like in terms of our borders and what happens inside of them, but there needs to be economic security. And it's, it's just as critical as like our values and, you know, healthcare and all these other things. Like if our economy breaks down here, I don't even want to like let my mind go down that path because we really can't afford for that to happen. Iron Dome, every single time, I think that this is, I mean, I didn't specifically research it before this podcast. It's just coming to mind now. But like, I think every single time we intercept a missile, it costs us $150,000. So when they send like 10 missiles to Tel Aviv, like they did on Friday, in addition to the rest of the country, it costs us over a million dollars. Boom. I spent so many nights like not sleeping in my twenties and early thirties, working at law firms here in investment funds, helping form investment funds, like venture capital funds, private equity funds, real estate funds, infrastructure funds that like to the tune of like $3.5 billion, like sleepless nights, being on phone calls with counsel for investors around the world. And just the personal sacrifice that me and so many other people made to make sure that those funds got off the ground so that there would be work in Israel so that these startups would keep working so that the startups would keep producing technology that the entire world is still enjoying. And I'm very much concerned about our economic present and future. You know, it sounds selfish, but it's super, it's like bread and butter. I don't know how this is going to keep going if we don't, if we don't have it. I know that that's a bit of a tangent, but going back to it, please support us on Patreon. <laughs> Me neither. And also my mother, which told me during the dinner of Shabbat that I should think of, you know, becoming um, like doing to that Torah, like becoming a teacher. I think you could be a great teacher, Dor. And I quote, um, I know it's like you can't do it in, in anymore, but I quote um, Woody Allen and I told her, who cannot do, teach. And who cannot teach, teach Jim. Before we do the credits, mm. by the way, you like my joke? Uh, I have a few Woody Allen books over at my place if you want to borrow them sometime. Okay. So I just want to announce that we're going to have three episodes in a week. Because right now I like focusing my time of finding um, a new gigs and try to provide myself. But I'm keeping like invest my energy in this podcast, which I think is awesome. So I think three episodes per week, it's a lot. And uh, who was like happy about five? We saw it. You know, it's like in relationship. It's good to... 
in relationships, it's good to like miss each other a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's also social media, you know, Instagram, audiograms, all that stuff. It's like a whole new space that I'm also learning, which I'm excited about. And over on the Patreon, we're going to have special bonus contents for our paid subscribers. And, and I think that the most important work we need to do, and maybe if someone have some lead, he also like can just send us in Instagram phone number or, or mail address. But we the, also have an email afatsa. address. How do you say afatsa? If anyone has any ideas, yeah, if anyone has any ideas about like how we can scale this up, I mean, ultimately it's not just about like, just to be clear, this isn't just about like, you know, our personal, you know, development or growth. Like I'm a native New Yorker and I also grew up in South Florida and I, you know, I have a BA and a JD from the States and I've been living in Tel Aviv for 13 years. And I feel like there really is so much that's not making it through from this part of the world outside to the States and from the States to this part of the world And yes, there's amazing podcasters out there like Sam Harris, and he's been doing incredible work, like highlighting how this is really like global jihad that's going on and different things that are like way more carefully researched, I guess, than, than, I mean, people who have spent like decades of their life, like researching this region are, you should definitely go listen to them as well. But in terms of like how this is impacting us or like the zeitgeist or how this feels and the coverage that we want to do where we like take this on the road. I haven't seen anything like it. I certainly haven't seen anything like it in the English language and we would really appreciate the support. And we have an email address. If you prefer to email us, it's October 7, the podcast at gmail.com. Can we put that in the Spotify description? I guess we can. Okay, great. So, Is it time for Come. credits or is there something no, else? No, no. I just want to ask if you want that we will put the like theme musical or we play in Wave of Mutilation by Pixies. You know this, this song? This wave of mutilation, wave of Maybe mutilation. Maybe it's like fit to the, to the how we feel today. Wave. Cease to resist. Giving my goodbye Drive my car Into the ocean You think I'm dead But I'll sail away On a wave of mutilation Shema, Jonathan Gull, Maya Schlesinger, Dor Comet, I'm Amy Sipan. Thank you so much to our loyal listeners. Stay safe. Stay tuned. Could find my way to Mariana. Oh, oh. On a wave of...
October 7th to November 12th. Do you know what's ending? I think tonight. The Jewish month of Cheshvan. What does it mean? We're going into another Jewish month tonight. Rosh Chodesh. So should we go to the mikveh or something? <laughs> by the end of the by the end of the war, you'll know just like one percent of of Judaism, maybe.